Hey guys, Kayana here. So this week I wanted to take some time and do like this quick Q&A. Well, it's probably not going to be quick. You know, if, if you've been listening, you've probably gotten used to my loose definition of the word quick. Um, and it usually is not quick. <laughs> but I had a few questions that some folks wanted answered. And as opposed to waiting to answer them, I'm like, you know, might as well take this time to do it since I am uh, currently trying to get the next set of actual stories ready for you from episode three. So the stories that will be coming out in the in forthcoming weeks will be episode 3.1, 3.2, so on, so on. And as you know, those uh, coordinate with uh, episode three of the novella, episode three of what will be the eventual TV show, uh, four of music and men. So before we jump into all of that, uh, coming soon, um, I had another batch of questions that some folks wanted answered. They're, they're not all on base as far as like in the same category of questions. Some are technical, some are a little personal, not really personal, but like, what's your favorite? Like, what are you watching right now? Type of stuff. So, I'm going to go ahead and just take this time, answer them, um, and just, you know, have a little bit of fun right here. So let's see. What do we have? Um, okay. So, okay. So technically, <laughs> someone wanted to know, um, what, how do you do this show? Technically, how do you do it? Well, um, well, I've let you know before that I am doing pretty much everything, not pretty much, I'm doing literally everything uh, myself. So when I first started out, I had like a USB mic, something super expensive, uh, uh, sorry, super inexpensive, not expensive, super inexpensive that could just plug right into the computer. And I didn't really like the way it sound. It just didn't, just didn't do for me what I wanted it to do. Um, and the sound that I have now is not perfect. I am working up toward perfection, but I'm satisfied um, for now with what I'm doing with this. So I'm using a newer mic. I think that's the way you pronounce it. N-E-E-W-E-R. N-W-800. Again, very inexpensive mic, but this mic um, is nice looking. And then it goes in, not that that's important, but it goes into a, an audio interface. And the audio interface that I'm using is a Behringer UMC 204 audio interface. Now, uh, if I'm, I'm not even going to get super technical because for one, it's no need, but <laughs> two, uh, the sound that I get from using the mic with the audio interface is just a much, uh, just the higher quality to me anyway, than I was getting from a USB mic that plugged directly into the computer. Um, so that's what I'm using. The computer is a MacBook Pro laptop, uh, 15 inch. Not super new. I think it's a 2016, maybe 2015, something like that. And then hard drives. Um, I usually use external hard drives. I mean, this is nothing. This is not the sexiest conversation. So I'm going to move on from this question. But that's not a lot of equipment. I actually could travel with it if I wanted to. But um, I'm just kind of sitting in my own little office and doing this. Now, one of the things that I think is really important this is how you can kind of get a better sound. You want to be in, I'm in a big open space. 
And for this Q&A, I didn't prep it the same way I would for an episode. So it might sound a little less rich than my episodes. But uh, one of the things that I'm sitting in front of that's kind of helping helping to soften the sound is, I don't know if you've ever ordered, <laughs> this is really ghetto, but it's, you know, it works. I don't know if you've ever ordered from like HelloFresh or Sunbasket or something like that. But they usually, the food is usually in a makeshift refrigerated packaging. Um, so I'm a big fan of Sunbasket. Um, they just have, I'm gluten-free and a lot of times I eat a lot of vegan uh, meals, just the personal preference. I'm, I don't consider myself vegan, but many of the meals that I eat happen to be like vegan. They don't have any animal products in them. And Sunbasket just does a good job, uh, a better job to me than others in being able to present great uh, vegan options. So when they package the food and send it to you, they package it in um, this material that's sort of like strips of, of reclaimed or recycled denim. It's like a really thick cotton, maybe like an inch and a half thick and then they're they're long uh, strips. So what I did was, as opposed to recycling them, I just decided to reuse them. And I went to Staples or some store and got one of those three-sided boards that parents that had, or like when you were in school and, and people that are parents now probably are familiar with those science fair boards. Um, <laughs> but it, it's pretty much a science fair board with three sides. And I took, uh, like some Gorilla Glue and, 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 you know, pretty much put the reclaimed denim on that. And when I sit at the computer, I can put that in front of me. It's a, you know, pretty big, it's like three feet tall, I believe, probably about three feet tall. And it's pretty wide with the three sides. And if you sit close enough to that with the mic, it can give you, it can create a, uh, uh, an environment that, that sounds like it's much smaller and warmer than it would be if, if I didn't have this up and I was talking in the, um, in the open room that I'm in. Now, um, I also took strips, that, some of those strips of denim and created, you know, put some behind me and on either side of me, or on the walls behind me, just kind of hung them. You know, you can go to Target or, or any hardware store and get the same uh, hanging uh, clips that you would hang up a picture, photo, something like that, a frame, and put those up and just kind of put the denim on some cardboard, put little holes in the back, like you can, ha and you can hang them and then you can remove them when you're not using them. Because nobody wants, you know, denim strips hanging all around the, <laughs> the house or any room in the house. So uh, if you, if you put like a piece of cardboard or something on the back of the denim uh, with holes in it, you can hang those and then also remove them when necessary. So that is how I create, again, this is, it's not like that now. I'm just using the one board right now, but normally when I'm doing the episodes, it sounds a little bit warmer. Uh, I would assume a little bit warmer than it does during this episode. And it's because I create this, this really, really warm atmosphere uh, around this relatively, uh, affordable material, you know, hardware that I'm using, other than the computer, the Behringer and the mic probably weren't $100 together. I think the mic might have been 20 the Behringer might have been 60 something like that. 
Um, so yeah, so that's what I'm using and that's how I create the sound. Now, if I were going to do video, this would look awful, but <laughs> unfortunately this is just audio. So I hope that answered anyone who wants to know technically how things are pulled together. So the next question is, what is the hardest thing about doing this podcast? Mm. Um, I can't reiterate enough. The hardest part isn't the technical part for me. Most people, it's the technical part. It's actually everything. Um, this is the thing. I'm doing everything myself. And so not having the help can kind of, like, as you can see, it's kind of taking a little bit more time to um, to to write. Because that to me, that's using two separate sides of the brain. Like, I can, I'm usually writing a lot. But right now, I'm working on so many things that require uh, writing. It's, I don't want to kind of pull myself out of that writing, that creative mindset to then focus on, once I record these, to have to focus on the the technical side of it. It's still sort of creative, um, you know, doing the sound design and stuff, but it's not writing. And I, honestly, I don't switch back and forth very well. Either I'm sort of all in on the the tech or the or that side of things, or I'm all in on writing. And I have a lot of writing projects that I have to get done outside of this. Um, that I have been getting done since I haven't been doing this, uh, other than kind of jumping on here to do these kind of uh, spur of the moment, uh, you know, stream of consciousness type of things or Q&A like this. But um, the hardest part is not having any help whatsoever. So if you're like a pro who's like got some free time, I mean, you know, it's a quarantine. So a lot of folks are trying to get paid. I, I'm not super rich like that yet. So um, you know, my money isn't, it's not physically manifested right now, I'll say. <laughs> so I'm not really in position to um, to pay anyone just yet. I look forward to that changing very, very, very soon. But doing all this by myself is really, really, really hard um, to do. And then on the flip side, I am still open and looking for someone to do, um, to help with like the actual marketing of the project because uh, I'm doing these and I would like for more people to know that they're being done. Like, I appreciate you. You're my audience. That's why I keep doing it every week is because there is an audience. The audience uh, is growing, which is always a good thing to be reaching people. And then it's not, it's not just the U.S. So that's always also a good thing. But um, anytime an artist you know, wants to do something or is doing something, they definitely want to reach anybody who they believe will enjoy it. And so I know that I'm not reaching most of the people who would enjoy this podcast. Not me rambling right now, but, you know, like the actual real podcast part of it, the storytelling. So um, I'm really open to, like super open to someone to handle uh, and help out with handling the marketing side of things. So, yeah, that's the hard part, um, trying to do everything uh, alone. So the next question is, what podcasts inspire this one? Hmm. I would say indirectly, most of the podcasts I listen to, I'm inspired by some of the things that you wouldn't even think were a, a direct inspiration. Like I listen to a lot of NPR, a lot of NPR podcasts, and they do they do storytelling it may not be one long story like I'm doing or an episodic thing um with the intention of being a tv show type of thing that I'm doing 
But just the way that uh, Shankar Vedantan or just any of their hosts tell a story, keep you engaged for a certain amount of time, um, I'm inspired by that. Uh, I love, love, love NPR. And then there are shows like Lore by Aaron Mankey. Lore, I think, was the one, I won't even say I think, I know that listening to Lore and how Aaron does that was probably a more direct inspiration for saying, you know what, you have a good story. It's not, now Lore is a like a folktale, it's, it's like folklore, not folktales, but folklore. And this is not folklore, but the fact that it was just Aaron by himself, um, he does use music. He doesn't necessarily use music in the same way that I'm using it, but I felt that it was important for me to use music in a different way, uh, simply because the story is called Of Music and Men. So I couldn't just use the same five or six tracks for every, you know what I mean? Like for every episode, that just wouldn't even be right. So, but but if you listen to um, Lore by Aaron Mankey, he's telling um, different stories and they run about the same time length as mine, which is about a good half an hour or so. Some a little less, some a little more. But he is a masterful storyteller. And his thing is like the, you know, the folklore, the sort of horror, sort of suspense type stuff. I just, I love his stuff. And I think that was more like listening to that was more like that push that I needed to say, you don't need your podcast to be big in order to be good. Because his podcast feels small and intimate. It's just him. And again, he has music. It's not a lot of music. And he's telling stories that although they're they're and they come from real life, I'm sure the packaging of it was written by him or or his team. And it was just like he was I don't know him, but just listening to that kind of gave me that extra push of like, you can do it, you know, like don't sit on your stuff. You could do it and you don't need a whole bunch in order to get started. So um but yeah, I listen to so many podcasts that I'm sure inspiration comes from all of them. Um, Case File is one. It's an Australian podcast. Um, again, not at all related to what I'm doing. <laughs> That's more of a true crime podcast. But just the way that they are telling a story with one voice. Um, again, that was. That, I'm sure that was something that's, that seeped into my, my brain at some point. Like, hey, you know, they're doing it and it's just one voice. And I listened to case file from the beginning like when they first started I don't even know how I found it but it was like it it was horrible like the stories were good and that's why it's so good today but the technical side of it oh my god like if you go back and listen to it like episodes one two three you know the first few episodes he did it sounded like he was recording it with a cell phone I mean he might not have even had a cell phone and this was years ago so it might have been like a really cheap mic I mean the, the sound was awful but the story was so good that it didn't matter. The writing, uh, he has a great voice. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's inspired by a lot. And then, of course, the story side of it. I don't even want to get too much into that, but the story side of this uh, is, is deeply inspired by TV. So even breaking down the, uh, the, the books or the TV show that I've written, even breaking those down to make them podcast episodes, um, taking two or three scenes from a from a TV show and then making it its own standalone podcast. Um, it is inspired by TV and is and I've said before about that cold open, um, that kind of teaser you get in the beginning. Uh, I try to keep my my teaser thematic, 
for this. Um, that is inspired by TV shows, just like really good TV shows. So the inspiration comes from a lot of places and, and hopefully you continue to enjoy it. The cold opens have changed from episode one to episode two. Um, it was just a creative decision. I liked it. Honestly, I actually liked it better with episode one, what I was doing there with the cold opens because they told a little bit more of a story. And maybe I'll go back to that at some point. But episode two, uh, the cold opens for the the last seven story episodes. Actually, they they were driven more by theme and they were more a little more inspirational without being preachy. So there's something to like, I think, and something to gain from both sides. But I'll see how things continue to progress. But I hope that you're you know, you continue to enjoy it either way. So um, someone wants to know. Uh, what are you watching right now? I'm actually watching, funny enough, I'm actually watching more TV than I think I've ever watched in my life. And part of that is because I greatly want to do that. Um, it, it's not a surprise because this whole show of Music and Men is a TV show. And it, well, it will be a TV show soon, but it was written and developed as a TV show. But the reason why I'm watching more TV now is because, um, I am writing more and developing more TV shows outside of, of Music and Men, which I've always done. I have a few TV shows that I um, have written, have developed and written, but doing more of that, uh, I'm writing, I'm looking at more TV shows in certain genres so that I can just get a better feel for, for certain genres, like what works in certain genres, what are the beats. But uh, for my own enjoyment, I will say what I'm watching and what I'm just in total love with right now. Um, it's not a surprise. I've mentioned this several times and in several interviews and other conversations that Vita, Tanya Siracho's Vita, it's a, it's a TV show on stars. It actually only had three seasons, which is just a crying shame. That show could have just continued just simply because of the, and I'm not just saying that, but be, just the way that that show is done, it could have continued um, a good few more years. But that show is remarkable. I mean, Tanya Siracho is a genius and I don't even think she knows it, but the show is so amazing. And I and I enjoy the everything top to bottom with it, from the from the uh from the writing to the technical side, like the photography of it. She picked good directors. She picked great cinematographers. I'm assuming she picked all these people because it's her show. <laughs> it could have just come together in some other way. But, I mean, the actors are phenomenal. Like, you, it's one of them shows you couldn't even imagine somebody else playing that role. Like, these people are, the, the those actors are those, those people. <laughs> like, straight up. Great, great, great show. Uh, my other one is Rami. And that's another super personal show to that creator, Rami uh, Youssef. And he is a comedian, a Muslim millennial <laughs> comedian. And it's it's almost surprising that when you watch it, it's almost, a well, at least to me, uh, because I'm not Muslim, but I have so many Muslim friends. And so with Islam, it's when you're around Muslim people, they have a certain, there's a certain regality, I guess, to and, and you know this, this they may you know <laughs> but blush from you know me saying that but uh muslim people have this this aura about them that is to me feels quite regal and when i watch rami it's 
there's this realness that I honestly don't necessarily see a lot because I don't nece- I don't necessarily go home with my Muslim friends to see how you know or 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 I'm not necessarily um, uh, so much involved in their personal life where they would be where they would share that much. I'm, I guess sometimes they do, but with the show, it's just the fact that I, you could see that on TV to kind of see this raw, this kind of scab. You know this kind of open wound that's, that maybe haven't even hasn't even scabbed over yet, man. That I think that that's part of the. For me, it's a little almost shock value that it. But it's remar- It's such a beautiful show. So so well written, so well done, so well acted, and everything. Um, I love the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's one of my favorite shows. Just super funny. That's just pure enjoyment. Great acting, great writing. Uh, and then like a guilty pleasure, fun show for me is Lucifer. And it's just, again, great writing. Netflix did a great job picking it up because they were able to keep the same feeling that Fox had given it. It was canceled on Fox for some odd reason. Um, Well, (laughs) you know, not to get all TV geeky on you, but, you know, sometimes these networks can expect a little bit more um, when it comes to audience than is necessary when it comes to streaming or smaller, what we would consider smaller networks or streaming networks. So maybe Fox had some audience expectations that, you know, five or six million people a week just wasn't enough. But that may be enough for Netflix. That's just my assumption. But either way, Netflix did a good job last season of keeping up with, like, keeping the the same great writers, keeping the same great actors and all that great stuff. So it's a super fun show. Nothing to think about. Like, when you watch it, you're just having fun. You're watching a great character, great writing. And you're not overwhelmed by it. It's it's fun. It's 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 cool. And part of the uh the thing about Lucifer and and Maisel, I would actually say that those two shows um I could actually, you know, this goes into the next question, you know, is is there a TV show that you could see yourself writing for? That's the kind of hard one uh as a writer that writes their own stuff to say, "Hey, I could write for someone else, you know, write someone else's stuff and be good at it." But um, Lucifer and Mrs. Maisel, I actually think I would be good in those writing rooms, to be honest with you, because uh, Maisel has that female voice. I'm not a comedian, but I think some of the the fast, the dialogue, dialogue, I kind of take pride in my dialogue. That's one of the things that I feel like I write well, um, and I try to perfect that by reading a lot and learning a lot and having something to talk about other than what the topic is for for characters. I think that's sort of a rookie uh, mistake or sort of a, a rookie thing that, you know, young writers feel like they always have to be on topic for dialogue. But as you grow in, in your writing and you, when you're writing dialogue, you'll learn. And when you watch good writers like a Quentin Tarantino or something, you'll notice that his characters are always off topic. They're not always talking about what the movie is about or what the conflict is in the movie. They're talking about something else. You know, <laughs> and sometimes you can watch those movies and learn something. Whether it's something you need to know is another story, but you can learn something weird. Um, and I think that's what, you know, good dialogue gives you. And Maisel has that. Um, and I think that that's something that I would definitely be able to contribute to a show like Maisel, uh, Mrs. Maisel. And then Lucifer, uh, it's just so fun. You know, <laughs> like, again, that's the, like that's one of those shows that, you smile when you when you see it. At least I do, and I think um, just that kind of that kind of energy and pacing, um, and then it's a procedural, police procedural, which has its certain beats to it that I think I could 
I think I could emulate that. So those are two shows and kind of this question kind of went right into the next one. What are, you know, what are some TV shows you could see yourself writing for? Um, definitely those two, but I could, I could certainly see myself writing for of music and men. How about that? <laughs> I think that that would make a wonderful TV show for any network, um, that is streaming or premium must specify that streaming or premium, uh, of music and men would be an incredible show for any of those. And I can't wait for it to get on the air and I can't wait for you guys to see it. So hopefully that will be happening very, very soon. Um, Okay, so uh, got a couple more questions here. Let's see. Oh, here's something. What are your what's your favorite spot in DC? Oh, what's your favorite like place in DC to visit? Um, you know what? I actually talked about. I don't. I don't actually hang out that much in DC. I kind of go to places if someone's having something and kind of dip. I don't have like a hangout spot. You know, um, there are a few places that I like. You know, I like their food and I'll go, but I wouldn't necessarily say, say it's like a, a hangout spot, even though the question says your favorite spot. So I'll say one of the episodes talked about Sankofa and it's this little cute coffee shop. And maybe I'm doing it a disservice by saying cute. It's a really nice kind of homegrown, you know, coffee shop slash bookstore slash cafe joint. And I even talked about it in one of the episodes. I can't remember which one, but. I used it in one of the episodes, I think for episode, uh, I think it was for the books. Uh, I mean, the episode, the podcast episodes that made up episode one. So right, one point something. But Sankofa is one of the blackest places you could go in D.C. It's right across the street from Howard University. It's unapologetically, not that it should be apologetic, but it, you go in there and you just feel, you know, I mean, it's got good food. It's just a feeling that the place has. Like, if I lived in that area, I would probably go there and just work. Like, go there, pop out the laptop, you know, pop it, you know, flip it open. What am I talking about popping it? Flip it open and just work in there because the environment, you know, filled with all those books and, you know, they got the best smoothies. Like, if you come to D.C., um, it's quarantine right now, but, like, if you on a visit once this, you know, once we figure out our new normal, and you need a good smoothie, like a real good smoothie. They have some good smoothies there and they got good sandwiches. And it's just a, it's a great spot. It's just a, a really nice place to go. Um, and so unpretentious. Like you don't go in there and feel intimidated. Like, oh my God, I should be dressed a certain way or whatever. It's just, you know, they have open mics. They have events there. I love the spot. I mean, I love it. So it's just like, I would have to say... Um, Sankofa. And I haven't been in probably about two years now because all this year, the quarantine and all of that. And it's been a minute. It's been probably two years since I've been. And I'm happy to know that it's, you know, still up and running. Um, but if you get the chance, Sankofa in D.C. is on Georgia Avenue. I would definitely say come and support that spot. It's a great place in D.C. that's very, very underrated. And um, doesn't just it just doesn't get enough praise. So I'm gonna give it some praise here for the second episode of my podcast. So and I don't I don't even know the people. I mean I met them, but I don't know them like that. So I'm not just you know telling you to support friends. These are just people that's running a good business. So um so here's a here's a cool question, and I'm gonna wrap this up really 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 soon uh, in a few minutes. So this one says. You you sound like you try to be an optimist. How and why? <laughs> That's kind of personal. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Um, 
I don't think I always consciously have been an optimist. I think only recently, within the past few months, I've consciously decided to be an optimist. And because nothing else, not being an optimist, never paid off. Like, what do you get out of being cynical? What do you get out of looking for the bad thing to happen? Looking around the corner, always looking over your shoulder. Um, so how? <laughs> well, I'm not always an optimist. I will say that. It is, a, again, it is a conscious decision. That's something, it's something that I want to be a part of my personality. So if you want something to be, like, if you want working out to be a part of your lifestyle, you have to work out in order for it to be part of your lifestyle. You can't just say you want this and then don't do it. Don't work toward it. Don't practice it. For me, being an optimist, is it wasn't easy at first to always say, you know, well, it'll work out. But now people kind of, I think people kind of get used to me saying that. Like, things will look like, shh, just look like straight trash. And I'll say, you know. It'll work out. It'll all work itself out. And for some reason, it kind of calms people. And even me saying it out loud, it kind of calms me because things have been horrible. I mean, you know, earlier this year, things are fine now because, like I said, they all work out. They're all working out. (laughs) But earlier this year, when things looked like trash for me, like lost my job, that kind of thing, you know, quarantine hit, had negative money in the bank account type of thing. Really didn't even have a bank account for for real. Uh, It was no money in there. Um, I think I got down to probably, probably 20 bucks. And that was probably 20 bucks. I owed somebody. I just didn't, hadn't, just couldn't let it go yet. It was one of those type of things. Live with my mom, nothing against that. Love it. But, you know, she had to bear the burden for a few months and it was just horrible. But the whole time I was like, "Mm, it'll work out. It'll all work itself out. And it was, I I didn't feel like I was lying to myself. I truly did believe and I felt like it'll work itself out. And it it started and it has been working itself out in some way. Itself has been being worked out. I I didn't necessarily do anything special on my end. Um, But sometimes things do just work themselves out uh, and I can't even explain it. So this, that's a kind of hard question to, um, to even answer. But I did write something and I'll I'll go ahead and read it cuz I don't even remember writing this, but I'll just read it and if it sucks, I'll edit it <laughs> afterward. So it says I didn't particularly have a very bad life growing up, but adulthood has been extremely challenging. More challenging than I allow myself to show people and even and this means even people close to me. So I look up to athletes, like some of my favorite people are athletes, Russell Wilson, uh, you know, LeBron James, everyone knows Tom Brady, I love him. And my favorite athletes, if you look at all of them, all of them are optimists. They all, they're actually so optimistic that it can come across, especially Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, it can come across kind of corny. Like they can come across to people as like, kind of, you know, kind of corny, especially because they're guys, you know. But the cynical ones, even if they're talented, if you think about it, cynical athletes or athletes that kind of consider themselves so-called realists, even if they're talented, they don't seem to live up to their greatness. And I think that's because of the cynicism, not believing that they'll come back from a huge deficit or that they'll overcome when things are stacked up against them. But again, looking at Russell Wilson, looking at Tom Brady, they, I just learned so much from them, from my favorite athletes. It's like, I'll buy certain things because Russell Wilson, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, like I'm serious. I'm like a kid when it comes to Russell Wilson or someone like that. Cause it's like, oh, Russell Wilson eats this way. So I'm going to do it. Cause he's so great to me. So, you know, and the same thing, obviously, uh, I don't want to drill home Tom Brady too much because I think I've done that in previous episodes. But those guys, I just look up to them and they're both so optimistic all the time. So, of course, again, I know that uh, that athletes, generally speaking, are young. Even if they've experienced some letdowns, these great optimistic ones, I think, didn't go for very long experiencing like failure or failure after failure and still, you know, remain optimistic. But still, um, I want to be someone who always believes that I'll be victorious. I want to always believe that no matter how terrible things look, I want to be a person who believes that they'll always be victorious so that even when bad things are happening, they're still happening for me and not to me. So again, to answer that question, as far as like, you try to be an optimist, how and why, sort of the why of it is, um, because what do you have to lose, you know, by looking at the bright side or trying to find the silver lining in everything. So again, it's a conscious, it's, it's extremely conscious decision to say it'll all work out, but it's just something that I think you have to tell yourself. And eventually it will be true that it will all work out. So I think I'll wrap it up there. Um, I hope you've gotten some some kind of benefit from this q and A. I I hope that your question was answered. And I hope that you will continue to join me every week as I'm trying to put out an episode every single week. And if you have any questions, of course, uh, you can email me. My email is on my website, um, kayanaebonybrown.com, or you can find it at ofmusicandmen.com. One thing I do ask is that you get your copy of episode two, <laughs> which is available right now on the website of musicandmen.com. You can get it. Name your price. I'm not subjecting you to any particular price. I do make a suggestion for a price, but if you don't have that, that's absolutely all right. Um, and then last but not least, support the musician that you're hearing right now. That musician's music is linked up. You know, the reason why I'm saying that musician is because I haven't chosen a musician yet. I'm recording the raw audio and I haven't even started to like put music to it. So I don't even know what musician I'm going to be using. But whoever I decide to use, it will be in your show notes. There will be a link to you uh, to visit their SoundCloud or their um, website or whatever it may be. So please support the musicians that are helping me out with this project because I am greatly appreciative to them. And tune in next week for another update of, of Music and Men. And hopefully I'll have some other good news to share with you. A lot's been happening around these parts. So I'm looking forward to sharing some more good news with you um, in the near future. So stay safe and tune in next week for another update uh, or review episode. Haven't decided yet for Of Music and Men. And again, don't forget to hit me up on social media if you have any questions of your own. I'll talk to you soon.